0: Hello, fellow Robocapitals. Hope you're well. I'm here with my less good-looking research assistant, Josh, and we're going to go over a story, Airbnb, actually a personal story of mine that I'm going to share with you right now that really illustrates this global Airbnb bubble and to the extent that it reaches I know a lot of you watching this video right now probably see your local Airbnb market and the prices have gone up, and that's or the uh, rents that they can charge are much higher than they can get with monthly, like a six month or one year lease. You totally get that. And there's been a lot of buying, a lot of demand as a result of these Airbnbs, and they're obviously competing with owner occupants. So the problem there is a lot of these Airbnb owners have gotten themselves spread too thin. So if their occupancy rate goes down, now all of a sudden they can't afford their mortgage. But that's not the whole story. You see, outside of the United States and maybe even inside of the United States, a lot of these Airbnb owners don't own the house. I'll I'll share with you exactly what I'm referring to, my personal story. Let's get into it. So for those of you who are diehard fans <laughs> that watch like every single video, uh, shout out to uh, All Nighter Hider and <laughs> Sustainable Lumber Company, just to name a few. Uh, you know that I've been looking for a house. Right now, I'm just living in one of my rental properties here in Medellin uh, that we just do long-term leases. We don't do Airbnb. Uh, but this is just one of the rooms that I kind of turned into an office. So I've been looking for a house to rent that is up on the Hill that I could make uh, a little more permanent. And so I've been looking for, you know, I started looking at about a year ago and there were plenty of these homes up on the Hill that were really great, you know, homes at, uh, awesome view, everything that you'd want, check all the boxes. And you could rent these for, you know, maybe six, seven, eight thousand $8,000 a month which you say, oh, Georgia, well, that's a lot. Well, you got to see these homes. I mean, some of these homes are six, seven, 8,000 square feet. I mean, they're, 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 big houses in the United States, like in Scottsdale, as an example, those houses would go for, I mean, thirty, forty thousand $40,000 a month. So, but what I've noticed lately is that there are fewer and fewer listings and the listings are older and older. So now I'm finally kind of getting sick and tired of living in one of my rental properties. So I told Adrian, okay, now let's, let's look at some homes. Let's go over to this. Let's do this over the weekend and find a home that we want to rent. So uh, I'm not living in one of my rental properties uh, for the rest of my life. But as it turns out, we can't find it. Every single listing is an old listing. They say, oh, it's been rented. It's been rented. It's been rented. I'm like, it's a head scratcher. This didn't make sense to me at all until I went on Airbnb and what I found is what I'm going to share with you right now. I'm going to give you a specific example of a home that I actually was thinking of renting back, uh, this is maybe six, nine months ago, something like that. And then uh, what that home is, uh, is doing today. <laughs> and then we'll look at, the, then we're going to connect the dots at the end of this video and show not only how this global Airbnb bubble might impact real estate prices globally, but in the United States, and how the end of the stimulus and the quote-unquote excess savings that the Federal Reserve has been talking about, San Francisco Fed, will really have a um, domino effect that will extend far, far, far outside of the United States, And how the bullwhip effect that we talk about on this channel isn't exclusive to companies like Target or restaurants or bars. It's also uh, uh, applicable to the Airbnb market. Show you what I'm talking about. Okay, so let's get into it. So, this was the original listing that I saw on this website called Finca Reyes. This is, we don't really have an MLS here at all, but this is kind of the closest thing. It's not great, maybe as 10 or 20% of the listings, but uh, this is kind of the first place that you might go. So, this was the house that I was looking at. Again, this is probably six, nine months ago, something like that. Uh, so, four bedrooms, 600 square meters. So, that's maybe, I don't know, 6,500 square feet or 7,000 square feet, something like that. But you can see the pictures here. You know, nice place, really nice. Uh, jacuzzi. You got the view of the valley. It's uh, got a nice office here. You've got kind of a, I don't know what you'd call that, a terrace that overlooks Medellin. You've got kind of the garden area. So again, nice place. So you can see the view right here. Uh, It's got a theater and whatnot, big walk-in closet. So you you get the point. So back then when I was considering uh, going and looking at this property, they were asking 40 million pesos per month. So that sounds like a lot. <laughs> I know that sounds like a ton, but at the time, uh, the exchange rate was maybe, I don't know, 4,500, something like that to one. So this would have been about seven, eight grand a month to rent. Okay. So I just went on Airbnb last night. Again, it's kind of scratching my head saying, Hmm, I understand why this listing is no longer available. I mean, it's it's several months old, but why are all these new listings? You can't even, even a new one, bam, they're just gone, right? Listings like this. So then I went to Airbnb and I saw this brand new listing. And you can see right here, it says new. And what, the first thing that should uh, kind of, uh, that you should notice is it's in English. Luxury travel home, Malibu. Malibu, why are you saying this isn't even close to Malibu? It's just Malibu because Colombians think that's a, a buzzword or synonymous with rich, famous people. <laughs> so they think if they just throw in the word Malibu that they're going to get some sort of premium. But as you can see, this is the exact same house. No changes. In fact, they're probably using the exact same pictures from that Finca Raiz ad. Now, you'll notice they're not asking $40 million a month. They're asking 162 million per month. And that is with a monthly discount. Usually it would be 203 million pesos (laughs) per month, per month. So that is uh, right off the top of my head here. That's roughly 50 grand. So what they're doing, obviously, is they're signing like a one year or two year lease for Let's call it 8,000 a month. And then they're renting it for 50,000, 50,000. Now this is not in Malibu, California. This is not in, in Scottsdale, Arizona. This is not in Dallas, Texas. This is not in Aspen, Colorado. (laughs) This is not in Park City, Utah. This is in Columbia for heaven's sakes. So then you got to ask yourself who on earth can possibly afford 50 grand. And by the way, if this was just one listing or something like that, okay, fine. You know, it kind of makes sense. No, you go on Airbnb, there's, I could pull up 20, 30 of these listings that are all asking over, let's call it $30,000 a month. So there's a lot of rich people in Medellin. Uh, It's a, it's a booming economy, as most of you know, Uh, hopefully the president won't screw it up, but, uh, look, there, there, there's not this type of, of demand. There, there's just, it, it's not there, right? So who on earth is paying $50,000 for a property like this? Well, to answer this question, we've got to figure out who is actually renting it and trying to benefit from this arbitrage. So what I did is I went to their Instagram page here, which they put it at the bottom of the ad. So I could see, you know, who, who's doing this here? Who, who's who's the middleman that's not, trust me, they're not buying this property like they might in the United States. They're simply signing a lease and then they're sub, they're signing a lease for two years and they're subleasing it out basically nightly, right? So what happens to these guys if the occupancy rate goes down slightly? Because this isn't their only house. They've got several of these houses all over in Guadalupe, in Rio Negro, in Yana Grande, uh, and then here in uh, in Medellin. So what happens if their occupancy rate dips a little bit on some of these houses? They blow up. They completely blow up. They lose everything. They they Well, for them, they probably don't lose anything because they don't have a personal guarantee. And even if they did have a personal guarantee on it, they don't have any assets to go after. So basically the owner would just take the keys back and kick them out. But then what would happen to the rental rates for these properties? (laughs) They, They would plummet right back down to earth. Okay, well, what would that do to the real estate values? Well, the real estate values would go down, not by that much, but they would go down significantly. So this exact same phenomenon that we're seeing here will likely play out in the United States as well, but I would argue to a lesser degree in the States because this bubble has been blown 10 times bigger here in Medellin as a result of the excess savings that we see in the United States. So we're going to connect those dots in a moment here, because, you know, we sit here on this channel and on my whiteboard videos, and we talk about all these macro concepts, you know we look at the yield curve we look at uh, you know these reports from the federal reserve we look at the euro dollar market we look at repo we look at the fed's balance sheet quantitative easing the global monetary system but you, we don't really ever go into how that plays out in real life so this is a perfect example of how we're seeing this play out not just in the united states but in other countries that are receiving all of these dollars that were distributed by the central planners, but I'm getting ahead of myself here. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as forward slash pro that's georgegammon.com forward slash pro we'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level let's get into the instagram page for the gentleman that had this great idea this arbitrage play which again let's look at this through the lens of the bullwhip effect right? They see all of this demand coming down from the United States. They don't watch my videos. They're, they're not, you know, they don't study macro for heaven's sakes. So they think that this demand is just indefinite. They see all the tourism booming in the, in Medellin, but you know, it's not this, <laughs> it is this type of tourism and, and more, but there's more sustainable tourism in Medellin that's growing. So they think that this is going to go forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, but they don't understand is what we talk about with the bullwhip effect, which you guys understand from watching my videos. That's all this sugar rush, this artificial demand. Therefore, you hire, you make business decisions around that demand, then the demand falls off the cliff, then you're high and dry. Okay, so here are the guys. Oh, (laughs) You got to get to the, oh, there we go. That's my favorite part. Okay. I'll spare you the rest. I just wanted to get to that one part where they show all their gold chains. (laughs) Uh, So you see what's happening here is we have wannabe gangsters or rappers or whatever they want to be, (laughs) you guys probably know this crowd maybe better than I do. And they are trying to sell the dream, right? They see all this money coming in from the gringos. And so what you have is these wannabe rappers and these wannabe mafiosos and, and gangsters or whatever, and they are creating basically like a wannabe gangster pyramid scheme, Where they, they want to be gangsters, but then they're selling all of these properties or renting all these properties from want to be gangsters in the United States, because that's their target audience. I mean, look at these videos, for heaven's sakes. You, You think you're catering to someone like Kenny McElroy? Or like Robert Kiyosaki or some guy that can afford this? Of course not. You're catering to the people that look just like you, or that would respond to this type of nonsense. Where you're showing all, showing all your gold chains and whatnot, and you've got some just terrible, terrible, terrible rap video talking about how rich you are and all, and about all the properties that you're renting out, right? That you don't buy, of course. That you're just renting long term, then renting them out nightly on Airbnb. So where are all the gangster, or excuse me, wannabe gangsters? I don't want to disrespect the real gangsters out there. Where are all these wannabe gangsters in the United States that are flooding into Columbia? Flooding in. Where are they getting this money? And again, to be clear, this place is 7,000 square feet. So what happens, it's not like one person that's got their stimmy checks comes in and rents this place. That's not what I'm implying. What you get, I see it over and over and over and over again in Medellin and for those of you who have been here you know exactly what I'm talking about all I have to do is walk to the airport and just sit there and watch flights coming from Miami and uh you'll you'll again you'll know exactly what I'm referring to but it's guys that come down with like 10 or 15 guys and so each guy will pitch in like $200 a night and they'll be able to rent a place like this it's going for let's say 2500 a night and with, you know, with between 10 and 15 guys, they can make that happen. And so these are the, you know, the wannabe rapper, the wannabe gangster guys coming down from the United States and they see the, you know, they see the whole Medine lifestyle. You know what I'm referring to? The, 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 the women, the food, the, the nightlife, the weather, uh, you get it, right? So they're trying to live like the rappers that they see in Instagram videos and the, wannabe rappers down here are seeing that an opportunity to exploit that market. Okay, well, now let's connect these dots. Where are the wannabe gangsters in the United States that are coming down and renting, you know, 10 or 15 of them are pooling their money to rent a place like this so they can come down and party for a week or whatever it is. Where are they getting this money? Well, why didn't they come down prior to 2020? Why is this just a a modern phenomenon, meaning over the last couple of years? And by the way, that Instagram page, that was started in 2021. (laughs) (laughs) So why all of a sudden did these people have so much money? Well, now let's go to the Fed. And this is the San Francisco Fed. And this just came out August 16th. Excess no more. Dwindling pandemic savings. So this is from the San Francisco Fed's blog. And they talk about... All of the uh, right here, our analysis suggests that some 500 billion of the 2.1 trillion in total accumulated excess savings remained an aggregate in the economy as of March 2023. So, look, at the peak, we had $2.1 trillion in excess savings. You say, oh, George, that much didn't go out in Stimmy checks. Right, right, right. But you're not including the PPP. So, it's not just the well. It could be because a lot of these guys that didn't even own a business just started an LLC just so they could run a scam and get as many, you know, checks for $500,000 as they could for these quote unquote businesses. (laughs) Just, you know, there was so much PPP scam. uh, There were so many PPP scammers. I mean, it was completely ridiculous. I would argue that the majority of the money that went out with that PPP program went to people that didn't even have any employees, but that's a completely separate video. But it's also the lack of expenses. I mean, we've been talking about people having to pay back their student loans starting in October. That's a big deal. I mean, that's impacting like 35 million people, roughly. Okay, and then it's, they didn't have to pay rent. And it's all these expenses that go away. Well, on top of that, you get PPP and Stimmy and all these other things. So it, it, you can't just look at the additional revenue. You've got to look at the decrease in expenses as well. But as they're pointing out, Going back to March, this went from 2.1 trillion down to 500 billion. But unfortunately, for the wannabe, wannabe gangster guys in the United States and in Medellin, the ones that we're talking about on this uh, video, and of course, it doesn't just apply to them. I'm just using this as a kind of a personal story, as anecdotal evidence. So I don't want to, you know, throw them under the bus. This applies to a, a wide range of people. Uh, So we've got the households spend more, save less. That's what's happening right now. And then we go down to this chart, which guys, if you're fans of the show, I'm sure you've you've seen before, like I might do a whiteboard video on this tomorrow. This green is what the excess savings did. That's how we get up to 2.1 trillion. But then we go to, looks like the end of 2021, maybe middle of 2021, it starts going negative. Well, it's been negative ever since, and now it's steeply negative, but it's still higher than it was in 2019, just slightly. Okay, so even though, though this went negative, it's just showing um, the, uh, the excess savings. So uh, if it's a negative number, it still could mean that the savings are higher than they were in 2019. That's my point. But as you guys know from just watching the videos and paying attention, and here's another chart. That displays past recessions and what has happened. You can see this aggregate savings just absolutely plummet. Why? Because they've just been spending. You get all this free money, and you know you you don't you don't value it. You didn't work for that. You didn't earn it. You didn't create any service or product. Or there's no productivity that was involved. with in That it was just like allowance money. It was like tooth fairy money that you got from the government. So, of course, you're going to go out and spend it. That's why the lines, every single time a check would come out, you go to your local mall and the line for Louis Vuitton would be 200 yards long. I mean, come on, for heaven's sakes. So, what we see, and then, of course, you combine that with real wages being negative and that savings is going to be depleted. But it takes a lot of time. I mean, look at this. We're 30, we're probably 40 months in so far and we're still... At a point where there is excess savings. Now, unfortunately, for the people that we've been discussing in this video, for the guys in Medellin that had this incredible uh, video on their Instagram page where they're showing off all their gold chains and whatnot, uh, unfortunately for them, this excess savings is going to run dry right about the time when a lot of these people have to start paying back their student loans. So now all of a sudden, the expenses go right back to where we were in 2019, but unfortunately your income, the purchasing power of the income you have has gone down dramatically. So in my opinion, you are going to see spending drop off a cliff. And it's not just, and where I would focus on this is whoever or whatever groups were spending the most during this time frame. I would argue will be spending the least in the next, let's say, year or two. And where was the majority of this money spent? Well, it was young people going out there to bars, restaurants, cafes, movies, um, and then traveling. It's just travel. That's what, you know, young people prefer to travel today far more than they uh, preferred this, you know, when I was growing up. When I was growing up, uh, you would try to save money, you'd try to start a business, but, you know, traveling was interesting and something you wanted to do, but it wasn't as much of a priority. Now, I'm not judging that but it just, it is what it is. It's a sign of the times. So all these kids with travel were doing what? They're coming to Medellin, right? And all the gangster wannabes are showing or seeing this uh, Instagram page. They're like, yeah, let's pool our $200 STEMI checks or, or the excess savings, and we'll get this place. And then the the, the guys on the Instagram page Say, hey, this is an opportunity. We're going to rent this at eight grand. We're going to charge 50 because this is going to last forever because we don't know where these gangster wannabes from the United States, the gringo version of us, we don't know where they're getting the money, but we don't care. The bottom line is they're paying and they think that lasts forever. So that's the personal story. What I'm doing is I'm sitting back and waiting. Um, I'm chilling to use their words. (laughs) uh so i gotta i gotta have some fun with this you know what are you gonna do so i'm just waiting for that yield curve to no longer be inverted and because i know that history teaches us that that's when the stuff hits the fan and when the stuff hits the fan with the uh excess savings with the having to pay your student loan back with rents going up negative uh real wages you combine that with what we've been talking about with China and you combine that with what was likely going to be a global recession. And I'm happy to sit back, be patient and just wait for anything that I want to buy or rent in this case to come down in value significantly because I'm paying close attention to the macro. So I hopefully am in a position where I can take advantage of the bullwhip effect instead of being burned by the bullwhip effect. I think that's the moral of the story here with this video. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. We'll see you in the next video.